Good evening. We are continuing our discussion through various world religions, and I hope it's been a blessing to you tonight. We're going to be focusing on the very secretive and very uh, strange at times religion or cult of Scientology. Some of you may be familiar with this, others uh, maybe not so much. This is something that has uh, gained a, a significant uh, foothold in Hollywood and many uh, media outlets. And through uh, Hollywood and media and, and some of the celebrities that have adopted this religion, uh, they've been able to exert a significant amount of influence in our culture uh, today. Now, uh, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Scientology, we're going to begin back with its founder, L. Ron Hubbard. Now, you may have heard that name before. He's um, he's famous for a number of things. Um, uh, he was a science fiction writer uh, as well as the, the founder of Scientology. But let's uh, dive back a little bit further into uh, his beginnings, which will give you a little bit more context into who this individual is. Now, uh, Hubbard was raised in a military um, family. He had traveled uh, quite extensively, uh, especially uh, in the um, uh, the Asia and China, Japan region uh, uh, during the early uh, 1900s. Um, he later became enrolled in George Washington University where he studied civil engineering, but that didn't go so well uh, for Hubbard. And he, in fact, he dropped out in his second year. And uh, when it, uh, after he dropped out, he began uh, writing and trying to make it as an author. And he wrote a number of books. Some of them became famous, some of them not so much. He was uh, primarily focused in science fiction. Uh, one of his most well-known books that he wrote was called Battlefield Earth. And you may uh, be familiar with the movie uh, that uh, came out a little while back. Uh, starring John Travolta, um, who is, in fact, a pretty well-known um, Scientologist. Uh, but again, it, uh, wrote a few other books uh, in addition to Battlefield Earth. He wrote uh, Final Blackout, uh, The Typewriter in the Sky, and The Invader's Plan, uh, as well as many other smaller, more pulp fiction type science fiction books. Uh, but as he realized that he wasn't um, going to make it uh, very well in that arena. He then uh, switched again uh, to a job in the Naval Reserve as a Naval Reserve commander. Uh, again, that didn't work so well for him either because uh, uh, during uh, right around World War II, uh, he was uh, stationed as a commander on a ship uh, there with the Naval Reserve. And uh, in one of his excursions uh, on his command, he believed he was in the proximity of a Japanese submarine, and he gave the command to drop 35 depth, uh, depth charges uh, there in that area, and uh, as far as they uh, could see, they didn't hit anything, uh, but they did manage to uh, significantly damage their own ship, as well as injure uh, three of his crew, and when it was finally investigated, they found that there was no Japanese sub. They weren't sure what uh, he had seen or what he thought he was going after, uh, but it was a, a pretty significant black mark on his record. Uh, so they ended up transferring him uh, to another area in um, a little bit closer to the U.S., uh, but again, he didn't do so well in that 
uh, position. Either he ended up <clears throat> uh, commanding his ship to fire on uh, a particular island uh, there in the Caribbean where he was stationed, uh, which happened to be a Mexican-controlled U.S. ally island. Uh, it was a real big embarrassment to the United States, and it ended up with him being discharged uh, from his Naval Reserve Command. So then going through a bit of a period where he was suffering depression and things of that nature, uh, he ended up getting involved with some occult leaders uh, most notably, he uh, began living with uh, John Whiteside Parsons and affiliating with Aleister Crawley, uh, both who were very uh, well-known at the time, occult leaders, and dabbling in some of the, the black arts uh, that uh, were going on during that time. We won't go into great detail of what some of the things they were doing there. It was uh, quite scandalous then, and it, it still is quite scandalous now as well, in fact, the Scientology, the Church of Scientology, um, uh, denied that there was any involvement with um, L. Ron Hubbard and the members of that occult until around 1969 when they finally came out and said, yes, he was in fact involved with them, um, but they still try to downplay it as much as possible because, again, it does, it does not look very good uh, for him to have uh, been associated with them and doing some of the things that were going on there. Now, uh, it was around this time that he began formulating a what he believed to be a new psychotherapy treatment called Dianetics. Um, now, the whole premise around this was L. Ron Hubbard, uh, he didn't uh, like um, therapy, psychology, things of that nature. He felt like they were a bunch of hacks um, and in fact, even to this day, Scientologists uh, really think that um, psychology, therapy, all those sort of things are actually detrimental to people's health. So he was trying to come up with a new type of psychology. And he said there was the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And uh, a lot of the problems that we face in our life are the result of traumas that we've experienced that are lodged into our unconscious mind that uh, come out in our more conscious mind. Now, if anyone is kind of familiar with some of the, the principles around therapy, counseling, uh, psychology, things like that, those are not new concepts. And so there was a lot of criticism that L. Ron Hubbard received during this time because uh, his quote unquote new therapy, new psychology wasn't anything really new. A lot of those ideas had been out there in the world, even from uh, Sigmund Freud and others. Um, and so anyways, he, he was trying to uh, promulgate this. He began writing a bunch of books on this topic. Uh, his most notable one is called Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health. He also wrote Clear Body, Clear Mind. And then uh, he just began uh, counseling people uh, with this brand of psychology that he had come up with. He created this thing called the uh, electropsychometer or e-meter for short, which is essentially kind of just uh, a lie detector that he would hook people up uh, to as he began asking them to uh, divulge their deepest, darkest hurts, pains, traumas, things like that. And then he would uh, attempt to help work them through that and what he considered to be auditing or clearing them. Uh, he ended up <clears throat> getting a good bit of following from that and opened up the Hubbard Dianetic Research Foundation 
in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Now, the problem was that he was essentially doing uh, therapy and psychology, psychoanalysts and stuff like that without a proper uh, medical license. And so that ended up causing a lot of legal battles that he was facing. And so he ended up getting really frustrated with all these uh, court cases that were coming up as he was bouncing from place to place because states were trying to stop him from doing this um, pseudo psychology type of thing. And so he decided that instead of uh, promoting Dianetics as a psychology or counseling thing, that he would in turn uh, transform it into a religion. In fact, he was quoted as saying that you don't get rich writing science fiction if you want to get rich, you start a religion. And so he began um, promoting the Church of Scientology. He got it um, uh, certified as a religion, and he, then he began doing audits and clearings uh, to, in a religious sense. And so much like you have uh, certain branches of Christianity, Catholicism being the most notable one, where people would come and confess their sins to a priest, he was kind of doing the same thing under the guise of Scientology. Now, the interesting thing is, while he began doing these audits and these clearings, he began having people come to him and talk about how some of the traumas that they had been experiencing came from past lives. And uh, Hubbard began to uh, take these at face value, and that began to um, expand upon the Church of Scientology's uh, basic core beliefs and understanding. So let's dive into that just a little bit because this is where it gets really strange. This is where a lot of the ridicule and criticism of Scientology comes from. And so because he began hearing people who had past life traumas and that was affecting them now, uh, he began with the, uh, he began to formulate this theology that we all have what are called Thetans. Now Thetans are these souls uh, basically, souls that we think of today, there's this immaterial part of us uh, that is constantly born, living, dying, and then being reborn, kind of like reincarnation. And uh, Scientology teaches that uh, we as Thetans created the universe as it is, that we are all these immaterial gods that created the material universe, and uh, we we created it for our own enjoyment for to experience it. Now, the problem came about, uh, according to Scientology, 75 million years ago, there was this particular uh, Thetan called Xenu. Now, Xenu was basically the uh, tyrant uh, of the intergalactic confederacy. And what he did is he uh, collected all uh, various Thetans and he um, brought them to Earth on a uh, what a spaceship that resembled, according to Hubbard, a Douglas uh, DC-8 airplane, except without the turbo engines. And so it, just kind of imagine that uh, with all these Thetans, millions of Thetans, uh, he brought them to Earth, he lined them around all these various volcanoes, and then dropped hydrogen bombs in the volcanoes that blew up the Thetans. Now, why he did this, I'm, I have not been able to find a motive uh, that Xenu had, but uh, when this explosion happened, it merged uh, many of the Thetans with material humanoid type bodies, and that is one of the uh, first primary um, traumas that we all experience. And so as we do more and more auditing and get more and more cleared as we advance in the Church of Scientology, 
we are uncovering and, and doing away with a lot of these traumas all the way back to uh, what Xenu did to us 75 million years ago. Now, like I said, this is all kind of very strange out there type lease, but again, uh, Hubbard was a science fiction writer, and so he had a very uh, creative imagination. Now, uh, some of the secrecy uh, that revolves around Scientology uh, keeps many of these beliefs um, hidden. In fact, you have to pay exorbitant exorbitant uh, fees to do each auditing, to do each clearing, and the more you advance in Scientology, then they uncover or reveal to you more and more of these beliefs. Um, and so you, when you start off, you don't start hearing some of these things until much later, once you've basically aired out all your dirty laundry and they have uh, all this all, all this baggage on you, that's when you begin getting some of these other beliefs there. And so um, it's, it functions more of a cult uh, than it does an actual religion. Now, uh, some of the secrecy and some of the, the um, deploys that they use to uh, advance their cause uh, have been well documented in, throughout uh, the history of the church. One uh, notable example is what is uh, what the church designated as Project Normandy. Now, uh, Project Normandy uh, was something that happened in Clearwater, Florida, where the church tried to infiltrate uh, the government offices and media centers there in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, Florida. Uh, an FBI raid uncovered top secret, uh, quote unquote, top secret documents from the Church of Scientology because they were investigating among some other things. Uh, but when they raided their facility, they came across these documents uh, that basically uh, showed that the church sought to, quote, obtain enough data on the Clearwater area to be able to determine what groups and individuals the church will need to penetrate and handle in order to establish area control. Uh, the mayor of Clearwater, Florida, when uh, all this began to be uh, leaked and discovered, uh, referred to this as the occupation of Clearwater. It was the church trying to gain a foothold in the governing powers of the city there in Florida and to kind of make it their own, to, to control everything that came in and, and left uh, Clearwater, Florida. Now, the document that was found said that, um, uh, that the major target of this operation was to fully investigate investigate the Clearwater City and County area so that we can distinguish our friends from our enemies and handle them as needed. And in case you are kind of uh, wondering what that means to handle them as needed, it's been shown uh, time and time again with government officials, with newspaper agencies, and with people who have left the, uh, the Church of Scientology, uh, that they are known to harass through phone calls, through private investigators, through all different types of means uh, to intimidate and to silence those who try to speak out against uh, the church. Another uh, famous program or uh, operation that the church did that was quite, uh, they led to uh, significant scandal within the church is called the Snow White program. Uh, again, that was a name given by the Church of Scientology to this particular thing. And what they did, it was a systematic program of espionage against the U.S. government and other governments around the world as well, where over 30 countries were infiltrated, wiretapped, or theft happened in 136 different government agencies 
uh, foreign embassies and consulates. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to get in to purge unfavorable records about Scientology and about L. Ron Hubbard that had been collected by these various governments where Scientology began to get a foothold in these areas. And so the government cracked down on the church uh, for this. Uh, I think it was eight people uh, were arrested and charged with 28 different uh, uh, counts of, again, um, wiretapping, illegal wiretapping, theft, uh, espionage, and things like that. L. Ron Hubbard's wife was head over this. She was arrested. Uh, but L. Ron Hubbard himself went into hiding uh, during this time and really be, uh gained uh, a lot of seclusion and just surrounded him with his close-knit followers where he ended up dying around age 74 uh, in this seclusion, in this uh, hiding from a lot of the charges that were levied against him. Now, uh, again, Scientology is still uh, very influential in Hollywood circles. The most notable examples of some of the uh, proponents of Scientology are Tom Cruise, uh, John Travolta, and many other uh, Hollywood celebrities that uh, try to promote these beliefs through their movies, uh, through their media attention and, and um, opportunities to speak on these type of things. And so while they do try to um, stay secretive, they try to uh, keep a low profile in some respects, in other respects, they are still trying to promulgate these ideas. Their goal is to, um, clear, quote-unquote, clear all of the world um, so that the Thetans can be released from this never-ending cycle of reincarnation. So um, let's now jump to the three core questions that we ask of all religions during this study to again see how uh, this religion stacks up to Christianity. Now, the first question that we always ask is, who is God? So what does Scientology teach about God? Well, as far as we can ascertain, again, they try not to use terms like God and, and, and things like that. They, they don't try to impose those type of themes and, and, and language on their members. In fact, here's a quote from uh, Scientology.org where they, they kind of hit around at this. They said, the church of Scientology has no set dogma concerning God uh, that is imposed on its members. As with all its tenets, Scientology does not ask individuals to accept anything on faith alone. Rather, as one's level of spiritual awareness increases through the participation in Scientology auditing and training, one attains his own certainty of every dynamic. Accordingly, only when the seventh dynamic is reached, in its entirety will one discover and come to a full understanding of the eighth dynamic and one's relationship to the supreme being. Now that's a lot of um, fancy sounding Scientology jargon, but let me just uh, distill that into this. Essentially, Scientology teaches that you are a god, that we are all gods, that all the Thetans are spiritual creators and omnipotent, that we have unlimited potential, that we created all, all the matter, all the universe that you see. And because of trauma that we've experienced throughout our spiritual lives, we have, uh, we have limited our potential by carrying around all this baggage. And so through um, the, uh, through the, process of auditing and training. We clear ourselves of that baggage. We attain back to our Thetan potential, and we are released into <clears throat> our godlike status. That is essentially 
what Scientology teaches about God. You are God, which again shows the influence that Scientology has over society because this is more and more prominent in uh, the world today where people say that you are your own authority, that you choose what you do with your life. You follow your own heart that, you know, what's right for you is, is right for you. And I can't speak to that. And what's right for me is right for me. And, and that's kind of the, the theology that they promulgate in Hollywood circles and media. And you see this filtering into uh, the culture around us, that we are all little gods in charge of our own life that no one can tell us what to do or what not to do. And if you've been uh, listening to Pastor Darrell's uh, sermons through Judges, you see that through the book of Judges, that's a, that's a big problem. That When everyone is doing what's right in their own eyes, you have utter chaos and confusion. And that's uh, kind of what Scientology is promoting. And you see the world just gobbling that stuff up. Uh, now, the other thing, the other question that we need to ask is what's wrong with the world? Uh, as we've already said, basically, uh, Scientology teaching is what's wrong with the world is all the traumas we've experienced that we're carrying around with us, that that hinders our uh, spiritual potential and that we need to clear ourselves of those traumas. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard said that implants, now again, implants, what he means by that is those um, implanted traumas, those things that we've accumulated, those wounds we've accumulated over time. So implants result in all varieties of illness, apathy, uh, uh, degradation, neurosis, and insanity, and are, are the principal causes of these in men. So basically he says that the traumas we've experienced over time, they're the reasons why we get sick. We, those are the reasons why we get depressed. Those are the reasons why we have um, uh, uh, insanity and, and all the problems that you face. They're the result of all of these basically uh, basic traumas that we've accumulated that maybe we're not conscious of, but our subconscious uh, is holding on to that. Another quote that he said was this, the attainment of man's dreams through the ages of attaining a new and higher state of existence and freedom from the endless cycle of birth, death, and birth. Clear is the total erasure of the reactive mind from which stems all anxieties and problems the individual has. So basically when we get cleared through the auditing that erases all those traumas and we are made whole once again. The problem with all of mankind, with the world, according to Scientology, is this endless supply of traumas we've experienced over life that Scientology promises that if we pay a certain amount of money, we get audited, we get cleared, then we'll be okay. Now, the solution, again, as we said, is this auditing and this being clear. Now, here's a quote uh, that I thought was very useful uh, as one writer uh, um, kind of explains um, the solution according to Scientology is this idea of clearing and auditing. He says this, Scientology asserts that people have hidden abilities which have not been fully realized. It teaches that, the, uh, that increased spiritual awareness and physical benefits are accomplished through counseling sessions referred to as auditing. Through auditing, people can solve their problems and free themselves of these traumas. This restores them to their natural condition as thetans and enables them to be uh, at cause in their daily life. Responding uh, rationally and creatively to life events rather than reacting to them under the direction of stored traumas. Accordingly, those who study Scientology materials and receive auditing sessions advance from the status of pre-clear to clear, and then finally an operating thetan. 
Scientology's utopian aim is to clear the planet, that is to clear all people in the world of their traumas. And so that's basically the, the idea that the goal of Scientology is to get everyone enrolled in their auditing um, pat, uh, process so that all people uh, confess their traumas uh, to a counselor who records all these and helps them work through that and then progress them, progress them along that uh, path to finally being an operating Thetan who is cleared of all their traumas and then will reach utopia. So as you can undoubtedly see, not only is this um, completely at odds with Christianity, not only is it a, um, a fanciful um, uh, works-based um, type of salvation, but it really, if you get down deep to it, it's really kind of a cult where they, they get you to confess uh, things that you have deep down in your life that are hurting you, um, and, and the only way to do that is to pay them a certain amount of money, and then once you've done that, uh, again, they have a lot of leverage because, again, they know all of your deep, dark secrets and things that have hurt you over the years or things that you are, have hidden from others. And so it's a, a really uh, sketchy, secretive uh, organization, but it, but unfortunately, it's got a strong hold on our media, Hollywood presence, and is exerting influence in the culture around us. So keep that in mind. Uh, think on that. You probably won't come across many Scientologists, uh, but do be aware and, and on the lookout for their teachings in the movies, music, um, and media in general, because it's there and it is influencing uh, younger and younger generations. So I hope that's giving you a lot to think about. Again, I always encourage you to, to look through these things yourself, to, to research this, and to arm yourself with the truth uh, for, the, um, for the culture war that is going on all around us. Uh, we need to be equipped to be light in a dark dark world. So I hope that's, um, I hope tonight's been a blessing to you and I hope you take care and we'll see you again next week. God bless.